Okay. Well, great to see you guys here tonight. My name is Dan, and I get to oversee our Sunday evening gathering here at Destiny. And tonight is our last night on a whole series that we've been looking at, at the book of Daniel. And just give you guys a heads up, do you want to know what we're doing next week as we start a new series? Okay, we are going to be doing a series on confidence. Confidence. It's going to be a great series. We're going to take seven weeks to look at the book of Judges. And as we do that, we'll be taking time each week to look at a different judge, some of the men, some of the women who took a stand for God, who are confident as, uh, as the uh, people around them fell away from God, as people didn't know what was going on, there was chaos. And men and women took stands of confidence. They were confident people. We're going to learn lessons from them as we go. So I hope you're looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to that as well. But we're not yet done with Daniel. Throughout the series of Daniel, we've looked at a whole bunch of topics. We've looked at uh, God's control and sovereignty over history, over our lives. We've looked at uh, how do we pray? How do we pray effective prayers? We've looked at how do we stand firm in our faith in trials and challenges that life throws at us? How do we become secure in our identity when other people label us as different things? So we've been going through this whole series in Daniel. And so we're going to be going tonight and looking at a topic of the future. The future. What does the future hold for humanity? And as we go into this, you know, many people have said things about the future over time. People have said, for example, that they expect that tomatoes will be squares because they'll be easier to fit into sandwiches. In 2000, the year 2000, um, have you guys seen the cartoon The Simpsons? Okay, it's a TV program, The Simpsons. Uh, and in the year 2000, they predicted or they said that there'd be a President Donald Trump. And as we can tell, today there is. A uh, hundred years ago, there was someone that did several predictions. One of the predictions that there was was that in the English alphabet, there'd be no longer the letters C, X, or Q in the alphabet. Everybody would walk 10 miles a day. And that mosquitoes, flies, and cockroaches, our favorite beings, would actually be extinct. That's some of the things that people have said about the future. But as we look at the Bible, there are some challenging things that God says about the future. There are some powerful things that he says about the future. And at Destiny, we love to take time to look at the Bible, to unpack what the Bible says. Because we believe the Bible is not just a book. It is God's word to us. God wants to speak to us. And tonight, God wants to speak to us. And some of the things he may say are challenging, but these are very important things. So we're going to be looking at Daniel chapter 12. If you have your Bibles, please do turn there. If you have your phones on you, please open up your phone app, the Bible app on your phone, to Daniel chapter 12. I want you guys to see this as we go through it. The second half of Daniel has all been Daniel praying. God's been giving him visions and dreams about what the future will hold. The angel Gabriel's been interpreting some of these dreams, teaching Daniel about what the future will mean. And this is the final chapter. This is the conclusion of Daniel. This is the end of the ride. 
And so, so far, as we've been going through the second half of Daniel, we've been seeing things that are in Daniel's future about the Greek Empire and the Babylonian Empire and the Medo-Persian Empire, are these empires rising and falling. And yet, this last chapter, it's about Daniel's past, or Daniel's future, but also it's about our future. God is a God of the past, but he's also the God of the future. So tonight, the title is The Divided Resurrection. And Daniel chapter 12 lays out what the future will hold for us. So let me read Daniel chapter 12 for us, and then I'll pray. At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people will arise. There will be a time of distress such as not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, whose name, everyone whose name is found and written in the book, will be delivered. Multitudes will sleep and the dust of the earth will awake. Some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens. And those who lead many to righteousness, like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, roll up and seal the words of the scroll until the end of the time. Many will go here and there to increase knowledge. Then I, Daniel, looked and there before me stood two others, one on this bank of the river and one on the opposite bank. One of them said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, how long will it be before these astonishing things are fulfilled? The man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, lifted his right hand and his left hand towards heaven. I heard him swear by him who lives forever, saying, it will be for a time, times, and half a time. When the power of the holy people is finally broken, all these things will be completed. I heard, but I did not understand. So I asked, my Lord, what will be the outcome of all of this? He replied, go your way, Daniel, because the words are rolled up and sealed until the end of time. Many will be purified, made spotless and refined, but the wicked will continue to be wicked. None of the wicked will understand, but those who are wise will understand. From the time that the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination that causes desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. Blessed is the one who waits for and reaches the end of the 1,335 days. As for you, go your way till the end. You will rest and then at the end of the days you will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. Let me pray for us. We go. God, I thank you for your word here. God, we welcome you into this place tonight. God, we ask for your peace in this place. We ask for, Lord, your presence to be with us. For you are good. And so, God, come, have your way here. God, as we look at some of these things in your word, some of these challenging things, some of these heavy things, God, God, would you speak to us? Would you teach us about you and teach us about us, God? Thank you, God, that you're in control of the future. We give all this into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. I wonder if you watch the news or look at the news and wonder, there's another thing that's going on in the world. Another attack, another war brewing, another natural disaster, and it seems to be one thing after another. And as we see at the start of this chapter, we see that there'll be suffering and pain and chaos, and it will increase. But do you know what? Do you know what? That discouragement, depression, 
pain, suffering, all these things have an expiry date. All these things have an expiry date. Even death itself. In every, every culture, death seems to have the final word. It appears it's the last thing. It's the end. As we see in this chapter in Daniel, it's not. Let me read verses 1 and 2 for us again. At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress, such as not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at the time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Verse 2 shows us that death isn't the end for anyone. Here it is described as sleep from which we awake. Even the English word cemetery is the words, the place where people sleep. All people will be raised from the dead, both the saved and the unsaved. And there will be judgment. And you will go in one of two directions, into either everlasting life or everlasting contempt and shame. Everlasting, that is a long time. Eternity is a long time. Can you imagine this rope? This rope represents time. And at this end, we see this is your life. And you see that this is the start of your life. And this is the life that goes on. And so we begin life at a certain point. You probably don't remember that point because that was between your mum and your dad. But don't think about that too much. And then you live your life, you work, grow old, and die. That is the end. Or so we think. But after that, there's eternity. After that, it continues to keep going. Either to everlasting life or everlasting contempt and shame. Eternity, everlasting, is a long time. It goes on and on and on. And there's a hole back here, and it keeps on going. It goes all the way down to Australia and beyond. Eternity is a long time. Jesus describes this scenario where humanity is divided into two. He says this in Matthew chapter 25. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit in his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, You are blessed by my Father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me. You who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. See, at the end of time, there will be a division in humanity, a split. There will be a separation with humanity from, for all of time, people from every nation split in two. 
Two destinations for every human being for eternity. There's no third alternative written down here. The places we call these things where people go is heaven and hell. We've heard of those words. Often we or others use them, usually without remembering what they actually mean. Oh, for heaven's sake. Oh, what the hell. We use these words without the weight behind them, without understanding what they actually represent. There's a major difference between heaven and hell. Heaven isn't just a a place in the clouds that's fluffy, that's full of uh, little babies with harps playing harp music. It's the place where God is. It's the place where Jesus is. He is there. He is present for all of time. That's where God lives. And the opposite, we see the place where God is not, hell. See, hell's not the place where the devil is king and he's ruling. Hell's not a place where he's in charge. It's actually the place where God's, his presence is not. It's not where there's a big party with all the rock stars from the 70s and 80s playing heavy metal music. That's not what hell is. It's a place that is a vacuum. It's a vacuum of love. A vacuum of peace. A vacuum of goodness. It's a place without God. How do you even begin to describe a place like that? A place without these things. It'd be a place of weeping of pain, of torment, a place of gnashing of teeth, contempt, shame. This is how the Bible describes this place. Francis Chan and Guy called Preston Sprinkle authored a book called Erasing Hell, looking at some of the big questions about hell. And this is what they said about how Jesus talked about hell. He said, Jesus chose strong and terrifying language when he spoke of hell. I believe he chose to speak this way because he loves us and wanted to warn us. So let's not miss the point. He spoke of hell as a horrifying place, characterized by suffering, fire, darkness, and lamentation. I believe his intention was to stir a fear in us that would cause us to take hell seriously and avoid it at all costs. Therefore, how could, how could a loving God Allow, how could a loving God send people to this place? God is so full of love. And at the same time, He is so full of holiness that He is holy. And we've got a problem. Each one of us, we've got this condition called sin, and it makes us not holy. It's in every single one of us. We've had it from birth. And this sin, it's like a sickness in us, a spiritual cancer in us that we can't actually find a cure for. We can't fix it ourselves. And because of this, our trajectory is away from God. It's separation from God. 
And at the moment of our death, that trajectory that we're going on, that is solid for eternity. That's the direction that we're going on. It's made permanent. This is tough. And it's not that you and I can work really hard and perform really good stuff to sort of tip the balance in the other scale. We can't cure ourselves of this. We can't fix ourselves of this. And yet, so the question remains, if there's these two directions when we die to everlasting life or everlasting contempt or shame, how can we possibly, how can we possibly find the everlasting life? Well, there's one man who is without this sin, without this condition. His name is Jesus. And he made the way for us to bridge the gap between us and God to bring us back from the trajectory of being away from God to being back towards him. And Jesus lived a life that we could not live. Totally sin-free. And the, the consequences of our sin is death. And yet he chose to die for us. He didn't deserve it. He chose to die for us on our behalf one man for all mankind, God himself for all time, for all people willing to put their trust in him. As we put our trust in him, he saves us. He saves us from our own sin. He saves us from death itself. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 20 says this, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. See, Jesus has conquered death. And the Bible's saying here that he's the first fruit of the resurrection. He's the first one. He's the, the tithe of the resurrection. He's the one who's gone first through death. And what he does, when we connect with him, he brings us through with him into everlasting life. He's the one that's broke the barrier of death. And there's only one way to be saved. It's by putting your trust in Jesus. There's no other way. There's no other way to get through death into everlasting life. So are you trusting him? Where would you go tonight if you died? Do you know are you trusting him to carry you over? Jesus died. He was buried. And he was raised to life again. I've got some news that we don't like to think about very often. You will die. You will be buried. And you'll be raised from death again. Either to everlasting life everlasting shame and contempt my death will not be the end of me I will be resurrected because I am trusting Jesus he will bring me through with him into everlasting life that is such good news but also it's such serious news as well tonight are you trusting him a couple of months ago 
a guy called Billy Graham died. And he was one of these guys who preached to millions of people about Jesus, tell them about Jesus and his great love for them. And there's, you might have seen on social media, there's a quote by him going around. It said this, that someday you'll read or hear that Billy Graham is dead. Don't you believe a word of it? I shall be more alive than I am now. I will just have changed my address. I will have gone into the presence of God. Death is not the end. But there's two directions, everlasting life, everlasting contempt and shame. Can you feel the weight of it? It's tough. This is big stuff. We can't hide from that tonight. And this is too big to leave us unchanged. So I want to take us through three ways of how our lives are impacted by these realities. How real is heaven to you tonight? How real is hell to you tonight? If it was just hell, then actually, if we just contemplate hell and its, its weight, then we'd probably be, just be totally crushed. But we need to have both realities in our minds and in our hearts. So three ways that this can impact our lives as we live them. First of all, it impacts us by being aware of these things, to grow in our love for others. To grow in our love for others. Daniel 12 verse 3 says, Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. We cannot keep this to ourselves. Living with these realities in mind is incredibly wise. And also it stirs up a desire for us to bring others with us, to tell others about Jesus and his good news. There's a, an, an entertainment act in Las Vegas called Penn and Teller. And Penn, he's a, a strong atheist in his beliefs. Uh, but he says this about evangelism and people telling or trying to convert someone. He says this, I've always said that I don't respect people who don't proselytize, which means to try and convert them. I don't respect that at all. If you believe there's a heaven and hell and people are going to hell or not getting eternal life, and you think it's really not really worth telling them this because it would be socially awkward, how much do you have to hate someone not to proselytize? I mean, if I believe beyond the shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe that truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I would tackle you. And this is more important than that. Wow. This is more important than that. And maybe it's because of culture. Like, we don't really think about the future a lot. We think about the instant. We think about the next thing that's coming along in our diaries or in technology, we want the next thing. We don't often think about the future and what happens after death. Or maybe it's our attitudes, maybe it's something that we're pretty uncomfortable with. We don't like thinking about these things. Or maybe we are just selfish. We think so much about ourselves and less of others. But whatever the reasons, we cannot remain numb to these things. We cannot remain indifferent to these realities that are, that are real. Sometimes my music taste is not the best. 
But I was listening to the new Chainsmokers uh, EP that came out. Anyone like the Chainsmokers? Okay, cool. A few cool people. Uh, but I was listening to one of their songs, Sick Boy, and this is one of the lyrics in it. It really struck me this week. Welcome to the narcissism. Narcissism means that you just love yourself a lot. Welcome to the narcissism where we're united under our indifference. So often we get so caught up in ourselves we become indifferent to others. Indifference is the opposite of love. Fight it from settling into your heart because when indifference is in your heart, your love for others will grow cold. And if you don't have love, then when we talk about mission and evangelism and sharing our faith with others, it will always feel like a chore. It will always feel like something we just have to do effort. But here at Destiny, we, we have a mission. I know this might surprise you. We don't just get together because we like each other. I like some of you. Not looking at anyone in particular. But we don't just get together because we like singing songs together. And some of us really like singing. Some of you hate it, I know. Some of you like the songs that we sing. Some of you wish we sang some other songs. You know what? It doesn't matter. We get together because we're on a mission. Because we believe that this message matters. That heaven and hell are realities. And that we want to give the opportunity for every man, woman, and child in Edinburgh in Gorgie, in Leith, in Pennycook, in Granton, in the city centre, in the Lothians, in Scotland. We want to give everyone an opportunity to hear about this because we believe everlasting life is important. And so that's why we do what we do. That's why we have small groups. That's why we have teams putting on services where we get to talk about this stuff. We're on a mission. We don't just do this because it's our hobby and we like it and we like to be religious. I hate being religious. It sucks. I love God. I love him. And you know what? Heaven and hell are very real. And this matters. Get on board. Get on board with the mission. Sign up for a team. Be part of a small group. We need more small groups. We need small groups in this area. Start one. We need to be on mission together. And so this is the first thing that impacts our hearts because of these realities of heaven and hell. It needs to start love in us for others. Secondly, it impacts our faith. Daniel chapter 12, verses 8 to 9. I heard, but I did not understand. Okay. I heard, but I did not understand. I don't know if you've ever read the Bible or God's ever said to you something, you're like, I don't actually understand. I I hear you, but I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with that. Daniel was in this position. I hear you, God, but I don't understand. Questions aren't bad. It's good to have questions. It's sometimes good not to understand everything because we can't understand everything. So what did Daniel do? He said, I asked, my Lord, what will the outcome of all this be? He replied, go your way, Daniel, because the words are rolled up and sealed until the end of time. Daniel didn't understand what was going on, this everlasting life, this everlasting contempt and shame. I don't understand, I don't get it. I hear you, but I don't get it. I've got questions. There's things in our lives that sometimes happens and we see them, but and we know that God's saying something or we know what God is saying, but we don't really get it. Why? 
We want to know what the outcome is before we'll commit to something. How's it going to turn out? I need to know. God, I heard you, but I don't understand why I have to go around telling people about Jesus. God, I heard you. I know I'm not supposed to be sleeping around and having sex before marriage, but I don't really understand, so I'm just going to do it anyway. God, I hear you. I hear you tell me to persevere. I'm hearing you tell me to keep going. But I just want to quit my job. I want to give up. It'd be easier. You will not always get the answer that you're looking for. But even when you don't, or even when you still have the question in mind, trust God. Trust him. He's bigger than you. He's bigger than me. Too often we try and fit God into our understanding ways and trying to understand everything about him and why he does everything that he does. God will sometimes say things that you don't understand. Sometimes he'll do things that you don't necessarily agree with. I don't have all the answers when it comes to these topics of heaven and hell. I have many questions. But we must learn to trust him. Trust his heart. And thirdly, living with a reality of heaven and hell impacts our thinking. Verse 12. Blessed is the one who waits for and reaches the end of 1,335 days. It's a very specific amount of time, 1,335 days. And there's probably lots of explanations about this. I'm not going to go into that tonight. We've looked at some other number of things over the last couple of weeks. This is a period of time where there's challenge. This is a period of time where there's trials and it's uncomfortable. It's one thing after another for the people of God and the challenges they face. But this is not the end of the story. For people who are known by God and know God, who love him, whose their, their whole trust is in Jesus, there is always hope for the future. The best is always ahead. And sure, obedience might cost you, but the rewards will be great. Let heaven impact your thinking when you're going through challenges. Keep the eternal in perspective. This is what Paul did. So me and Emma, we, we like to uh, study the Bible together. It's a good thing to do in a, if you're in a relationship. Keeping God the center of it is important. And so we, we've been, every little while, we're, we're looking at the book of Romans and we're working through Romans chapter 8. And yesterday we were having brunch and coffee and this is one of the verses that we looked at and we were just like, wow, this is what Paul is thinking about when he's going through some challenges. It says this in Romans 8 verse 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. This is what Paul is considering. This is what he's thinking about. This is what he's pondering on as he's going through present sufferings. Has anyone ever faced a challenge or something they could say was suffering? Wow, like a quarter of you faced something. Okay, cool, the rest of you have got like really super blessed lives. But when we go through challenges, what comes into our minds? Oh, a little bit of fear, discouragement, we feel a bit rubbish. When we go through stuff, see, our minds are always full of something. And are your minds full of heavenly things or earthly things? What are you thinking on? What are you pondering? 
The same challenges will probably come, but your perspective on it will change how you persevere, how you get through it, your attitude towards it. So often I realize in my life that I am overcome and overwhelmed when I lose sight of heaven, when I lose sight of the eternal perspective that Jesus has won, that he has died for me, that he is alive again, and he's taking me with him. That's when I become overwhelmed and overcome. So your heavenly perspective, the eternal perspective, will will enhance your perseverance. Don't quit when things are hard. Don't quit on a bad day. Refocus your mind. Get your true perspective back. Consider the present sufferings that you're going through, the challenges you're going through, in light of eternity. Over the last few years, I've shared before, I've struggled with depression And if you've ever struggled with depression or mental health, you know that sometimes it's pretty tough. It can be hard. There's some places that you wish you wouldn't go. There's some darkness in you that you feel, that's tough. That's hard to even comprehend myself, let alone explain it to anybody else. And yet the only thing I could hold on to was God. Because he was holding on to me. And I had to keep coming back. Okay, God, what have you said? What have you said? And if, I, if this life was all that there was, I would be hopeless. Because God says the, the sufferings will finish. There is an expiry date on pain. That actually the best is ahead. And I don't know how long something like depression is supposed to last. It's different for different people. There's different seasons in your life that you face these challenges. But I know that God is working this out for good because of his word. So allow the perspective of heaven and eternity to impact your thinking, especially as you go through things, challenges. And lastly, I want to leave this with you as we finish. Make your choice. Make your choice. The last verse in Daniel says this. Daniel 12, verse 13. As for you, go your way till the end. You will rest and then at the end of the days you will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. Daniel survived the Babylonian Empire. He survived the Medo-Persian Empire. And he will survive death itself. If we have placed our trust in Jesus, we're written in the book of life and we will survive death itself. But but I find that phrase interesting. As for you, go your way. As for you, make your choice. You have a destiny. You cannot live somebody else's life You can only live your life. You can only make your choice. See, this is personal. This isn't just a, it's for them out there or it's for the people sitting next to me right now. This is for you. You see, nobody can go back and get a new beginning. But we can all have a new ending. What is your choice? See, for all of us sitting here today, we need to take this seriously. 
for those of you who are Christians here tonight, live with the reality of heaven and hell. Let them impact your life. Let them impact your love for others. Let them impact your faith when the questions come. Let them impact your thinking as challenges come. But friends here today, you don't yet know Jesus. Take this seriously. Choose him today. Because this matters. This really, really, really matters. Because we're talking about not just your life, here. We're talking about your life here. If you don't yet know, know Jesus, put your trust in him. He's here. Don't be tempted to wait until some other point in life. We don't know how long we've got. You need to be prepared today. It's too big of a big deal. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We realize a lot of heavy stuff. But it's good stuff. It's important stuff. Things we need to listen and hear. Can I invite you to just take a few minutes to pray and to respond? I don't know all of you here tonight. I'm so glad you're here. Some of you have put your faith in Jesus before. Maybe tonight you want to make that commitment again. Say, Jesus, I'm going to live with reality of you. I'm going to live with the reality of eternity. Let it impact my heart. Let it impact how I live. My thinking and my faith. But maybe tonight you don't yet know Jesus. You don't yet have this hope of eternal life, of everlasting life with him. Please, please put your trust in him. Maybe you're wondering, how do I do that? Let me offer a first step for you. To pray. And this prayer, a prayer is simply communication with God. It's talking to God. And you can do that out loud. You can do that in your mind. You can do that with others. But I invite you to pray a simple prayer saying yes to him. To yes to Jesus. If today you want to put your trust in him. If you want to hold on to him. Would you pray something like this? Dear God. Thank you for making me. Thank you for what you've been telling us about the future. I want to spend my eternity with you. I'm sorry for the sin in my life. Forgive me. Jesus, I believe that you died for me and you're raised to life again. I hold on to you. Will you hold on to me? Help me to live for you. 
now and in eternity. Amen.